Welcome to Mindhammer. At Mindhammer, we offer a fresh approach to student wellbeing. We serve up solutions that focus on the integration of mind and body to support students through the university journey. Mindhammer is on a mission to strike the stigma out of mental health, and we want that to be reflected in everything that we do. That's why you'll find our podcast series is on subjects as diverse as exam stress, operating in adversity, safe sex, drugs and alcohol, gender identity, and dealing with conflict. You name it, we'll talk about it. I'm really happy to be able to spend a bit of time today talking to Natasha Stromberg. Natasha is a coach and climate action professional, and she's got lots of experience mentoring and coaching young people. She's originally from the UK and now lives and works surrounded by some of the incredible nature that Canada has to offer. In fact, Natasha strongly believes in the power of nature to help us to heal and stay well. And she's really interested in thinking about how the environment in which we live can impact our identity. So welcome, Natasha, and thanks for joining us for this Mindhammock podcast. Thank you, Phil. It's lovely to be here. The first thing I just wanted to say, Natasha, I mean, I often think about this myself from growing up in a small town just outside of London and thinking about identity. Because I remember, like, after I left my hometown and actually moved to London, I, every time I used to go home, I'd find it like a real struggle. Like I'd be around my family and my friends. And it, it seemed like everything I did that was different to before began to be really judged negatively, almost as though people didn't want me to change or, or somehow it was difficult to, to be who I was. And I, I guess I wanted to ask you really for your take on this and to think specifically because, you know, those people who were who part of Mindhammock, they're, they're, they're university-age students, you know, why do you think leaving home and going to university is such a crucial time to start really thinking about your identity and discovering your identity. Yeah, I mean, I think you've you've hit upon one of the the major um, experiences of of students when they move away from home. I mean, you've you've got to imagine that you know up until the age of eighteen, um, you've grown up in a community uh, that you know. It may have been a rural community, it may have been an urban community, but it's likely that it was you know fairly contained. Um, you went to junior school, uh, you went to secondary school, and you knew all the same people um, and that your social network was quite small and you also grew up in a family where you know your parents opinions were the ones that were the dominant opinions and you know you kind of accepted that um, until you move away and I think when you move away particularly to a big city like in the UK when you move to university you tend to move away from home I know that in Europe um, students, you know, stay at home more uh, and study in their local towns. But I'm talking about if people move away from home, it's even more acute because you you start to meet a lot more people from very different backgrounds. Um, and I can use myself as an example. I grew up in rural Derbyshire in a village. I went to uh, university in Leeds, to the University of Leeds. And for the first time, I, you know, I find myself sharing a flat with people from London, 
Now, I had never met until the age of 18 anyone from London. So what did I know about London? I think I'd been once to Oxford Street shopping and that was it. And I started to discover um, a much broader world from you know people from a different part of the country that, that hadn't had my upbringing. So um, I think that broadening of your network starts to bring in new ideas. And when you're exposed to new ideas as a young person, you start to question maybe some of the old ideas that you had, uh, the ideas of your parents and, and your friends. And, you know, you do evolve. You start to study ideas. You, you might maybe going to clubs at university, um, you know, debating society maybe, or even just, you know, having these discussions in break times and your opinions evolve. And I think when you go back to your hometown, the people who are still living in that hometown have not had that experience you know they are kind of in the same space that you were when you left and that evolution hasn't happened for them so mm. you start to almost bypass that those thoughts and ideas and come in with your own and I think that that can be quite threatening mm. for people so who who are still in that place so threatening for people who are still in that place and and maybe also kind of difficult to really manage is almost like there's two identities i mean do you, do you think like that 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 what happens is a kind of a splitting that that young people develop one identity when they're at university and almost like have another one in their hometown I think initially, yes, that that does happen. I think, um, you know, when you're in your first year at uni, let's say, and you, you know, you go back to you've got your friends at uni, uh, perhaps the people from different types of backgrounds, different countries, even different religions. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I was never exposed to anybody with it with a different religion to me until I went to university. Um, so yeah. I think, you know, at first, when you go back to your hometown, you, you will revert back into your old identity because, you know, you're back at home. Maybe you're going to be you need a job there. So you need to be you are around your old school friends. Uh, you need that social network when you're maybe working during the holidays. And and also you're very new to establishing a, a new identity um, at university. So I think, yes, maybe in the first couple of years at university, you do have that kind of, you know, split, I'm not going to say split personality, but that two sides of your identity. I, I yeah. think probably as you get deeper into your university career and you mature as an adult, you become more um, secure in your new views and your new identity. So you feel more able to maybe, let's say, be that not new person but that evolved person and yeah. with that comes you know with knowledge comes confidence but I think certainly when you go back to your your old town you may be on a very different trajectory to other people yeah. you went to school with and you may be rejected by them if you if you show that I mean people generally don't like change mm -hmm. and if they see you changing sometimes that can be seen as a hostile act in a way because it reflects back to those people um, 
you know, that, that maybe they should change too. It's kind of, it is often projection of, I wish I could change, I want to change. And, you know, it's not out of any ill will sure. um, or that you think you're better than them. It's just that you've, you've, you're experiencing something different. And when you experience something different, you necessarily change. So I think mm. the key there is to, you know, keep your new identity evolving see the real qualities in, in people um, that you're friends with at home. I'm still friends with someone I went to, uh, I, to school with age 11. She's always mm. been my friend. Yeah. And we find common, you know, she didn't go to university. She chose a different path, but we've always found common ground in our friendship uh, and our families um, because I like her very much as a person. So I think focusing on, what you like in someone as a person rather than what they are doing and what you mm. are doing is a, is a way around that. And, and um, sort of looking for commonalities maybe rather than just being aware of all of the differences, also still looking for what you do have in common and what things there are that have brought you together, whether with the people in your new identity at university or those in your hometown. That's right. And what what you treasure in them as qualities, I think seeing the human qualities um, of people is a very good way of getting along with people in general. Um, you know, you will move forward with different ideas and different opinions. I mean, you know, I, I have very different political opinions to, to some people that I've known for a long time. But <laughs> you know that's normal but they also accept me for who I am and I think we have to see it as a two-way street um you know there is going to be that period of changing those friendships where people will feel a bit awkward I mean we saw it in the um you know the drama the BBC drama Normal People yeah um, absolutely you know and when the main male character goes away to university you know there's that that reaction oh you're too good for us now but yeah you know also there's that fondness there for him so mm. yes I do think it's a time of two identities developing but I think it's navigable um and and don't reject what you've known but also don't feel guilty about what you are becoming exactly I, I yeah I think that that's a really good point just as you were talking there Natasha I was thinking about belonging and like what it means to belong and that in many ways you know the people that you leave behind when you leave your own hometown they might feel that there's a negative judgment from them towards you and your sort of newly evolving identity. But I think it's important to remember that, that on both sides, we're trying to find a way to survive socially and to belong socially. So the people from your hometown or from wherever you're from, they also have to, com to continue to survive in their environment as well and to, to hold on to a sense of belonging there whilst you're trying to sort of still belong there as well as belong to in the new environment that you're going to. And that's quite a task um, to, to really grapple with, trying to sort of, you know, where do I belong? How can I belong? Um, how can I stay safe and sort of survive in that way? Absolutely. I mean, we are social beings. We, we have evolved to so successfully as, as homo sapiens by being by working together um you know that's how we we have survived in tribes um as groups we are stronger as uh, one entity rather than as individuals um and you know it is quite it's actually very 
anxiety provoking if you feel that you're on the outside of a group Um, and I think that can be something that that does cause uh, anxiety so yes they are getting on with their lives you're getting on with yours you can find yourself almost falling between the cracks of two identities Mm, you know mm. your new perhaps your new group of friends and your old group of friends but the way around that is like I say to find those common qualities in both groups whilst you forge probably a very different path Um, but it doesn't mean to say that you have to reject the old but you perhaps have to um, re-evaluate those kind of bonds and and they will change necessarily will change because your experiences are going to be different so um, it doesn't feel good. It never feels good to be outside of a group. But I think when you break away from a situation, a static situation, um, there is an element of anxiety. There's an element of fear, but there's also an element of bravery. Yeah. And I think, you know, forging that new identity takes bravery. And that's kind of what you need to cultivate. Yeah, because I, I think within that, as you're saying that, it's, it's like, you've really got to get out of your comfort zone and in choosing to go away to university and to, to, to be in such a different environment, you are coming out of your comfort zone. And it's almost like you've got to remember that getting out of your comfort zone is actually quite uncomfortable. And, and that's a reality. It feels uncomfortable. Um, and, it, and, and as you say, it takes a lot of courage to, to be able to sustain that. Um, but the rewards come with that as well. I think with I mean, we have to, as as humans, face the fact that without that feeling of uncomfortableness, there doesn't come growth. I mean, growth Mm. comes from that feeling of, you know, feeling out of your comfort zone. That's the place that growth, personal, uh, you know, growth happens. Um, Growth doesn't happen from a static place. It happens from a very dynamic place. And dynamic places are places uh, where change is happening, where movement is happening. So you need to feel slightly uncomfortable to grow. I mean, without it, you know, we none of us would grow as human beings. So some people don't choose that path because, you know, it it can be a lonely path. But I think if you are a um, growth-focused individual, then then you'll brave it, you'll, you'll, kind of build your bravery and, and yeah. keep going forward yeah absolutely well what happens though when when I suppose if, if your if your parents or or friends or family just don't accept you with your new kind of evolving identity your new ways of being thinking feeling your new ways of seeing the world what happens if they just really reject you um yeah, I, I think the, the point of rejection is a good one, because if you grow into a, let's say, different identity, um, your parents may feel that they just don't know you anymore. And they may feel quite hurt and, and rejected themselves, you know, That's a good point. so often that that hurt is displayed by them rejecting you. And I think the only thing you can do in these situations where there's rejection going on um now you know it may be to do with your uh class identity your sexual identity um you know lots of different parts of your identity that might be gender identity absolutely because they're not they're 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 parts of you that were 
until this point unknown to those people mm. and often that you know the unknown is scary so they may feel rejected or, or that they just don't know you so I think in those circumstances all you can do is really explain why or, or explain yeah. how and say I am like this because actually um, I've been exposed to some new ideas and and my politics have evolved and I've mm. I've actually considered that I I really believe in this and this is why um, or you know look my sexual identity I wasn't able to be um, open with that I didn't feel that I could be open with that mm. in the constraints of of where I was living but I've I've been exposed to different ideas and I feel much more comfortable. Um, being mm. who I am now and, and and just explaining that rather than you know often these uh, situations can be situations of pain and anger and and often just opening your heart and being mm. clear in your explanations can help bridge those those rejections I, I think you're right in fact it, it reminds me a, a bit of a personal story of myself really which was um you know, be, being gay, which I, when I left my hometown, I wasn't sort of, I don't know, I wasn't even, I didn't really even know much about being gay and I didn't even really think about it. But I remember when I suddenly started to tell people um, and tell my fam family and friends that I was gay, what I suddenly realised is that I'd actually spent a few years thinking about it, a few years really kind of juggling with it, talking to people about it, growing into it, getting my getting my own head around it, and that I couldn't suddenly expect. Therefore, the minute that I um, that I came out to them, that they would suddenly all be ready with open arms and just understand everything. It was almost like they had to start their process at that point, and actually, they needed me to help them do that. Um, so I think there is something in what you're saying about not only do we, you know, when people are rejecting our new identity, it's maybe not so different, whether that's about sex, sexual orientation or gender identity or any parts of change, that their rejection is maybe something of the difficulty that we ourselves were having as we started to, to grow and evolve and change. And that actually that we can have a real we can actually, when we feel a bit powerless, we can we can find some of our own power in helping them to get their, helping them to understand, helping them to get their own heads around it. I agree with you, and and you know, just sort of saying, look, um, you know, I I'm here to answer any of your questions or to help you understand, but it's taken me a long time to come to this conclusion. Um, and, and you know look I'm I'm open to all conversations I mean I'm hoping that in this day and age uh, that when it comes to things like gender identity sexual identity that uh, we are much more accepting um, of people uh, you know saying these things but again I, I don't really mm. have much experience of it you you have that experience but even if we talk about class identity that's mm -hmm. something that we can hold on to particularly in britain you know um very is part, forms a major part of our british identity and you know when you if you step out let's say of a, a working class environment um and you go to university and you're mixing uh you know with people from a more middle class background you know and and you know you come back and you may think that some of um the things that you used to believe in aren't necessarily true and i think that kind of 
class identity sometimes is very difficult to bridge in Britain. Yeah. And that needs um, a lot of, you know, a lot of understanding. And I think it's important to appreciate, students to appreciate that your parents, no matter what, they want the best for you. Mm -hmm. They want you to succeed. And, you know, most parents want you to get the best education that you can get um, for, you know, and for you to realize your potential. And, you know, if you, if you are struggling on issues of sort of differences in, in class identity, you know, again, approach it from a point of your parents want the best for you, um, but they may not have been exposed to to those kind of ideas so yeah. you know share them you know you may end up having some massive rows about politics but mm -hmm. you know it, it may also get you to a place of of learning and, and you know of growth within your family because you will become your own entity in the end you will become a fully formed adult with your own opinions not your parents opinions and and this kind of period of of being a student can be quite tumultuous. And I think you yeah. have to, to manage that. And you're starting to build a new relationship with your family as an adult uh, with your own opinions and your own views, yeah. um, you know. And sort of like it, whilst you're going through that, you, you find yourself in a bit of a no man's land, really, in a bit of a transition between, you know, you're growing, you don't necessarily know exactly who you're becoming, um, and so you can sort of find yourself a little bit like, well, I'm not, am I fully there with the people that I'm now studying with and hanging out with? Um, or am I where I came from? And you, you really are a bit caught between two places. So there's something about, I think, being compassionate with yourself as you go through that. Um, and understand, so I like the word um, transition. I think understanding that it is a transition, a transitional period. I'm not so keen on no man's land, given that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I do think, you know, understanding that you're kind of on a, a transitional journey um, away from where you were towards something else. There is that movement. It doesn't mean that what you're moving away from needs to be rejected it's just changed and understanding that it's a change rather than a rejection is probably a useful thing yeah. and that it is a period of transition and you may feel a little bit disorientated and out at sea and that's the time to really maybe spend some time with yourself it's really important to look at the value start to look at who you are like who am I what are my values? And yeah. then get that kind of start solidifying within yourself and not looking to, to others to define that for you and start thinking, I believe this and say, and being proud to say, look, I, I believe this, you know, I actually, you know, as a woman, I, I am a feminist, you know, maybe mm -hmm. you feel then able to say those things um, and start to to actually speak your your values and and spending time alone can be quite good for that even writing stuff down is quite useful that's great that's great we, we're coming on to the last really towards the end of the interview now and what i wanted to ask you just was as we transition or as students transition um into the workplace really is as as they leave university or college how can they keep their, how can they keep a sort of a sense of authenticity um, around those, uh, the, the, the new ways of, of uh, the new identities, if you like, as, 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 as they transition into work? How, how, can, how can that be done? Can that be done? 
Great question. I mean, it's the other major transition in adult life is when you move from um, the freedom of university. I mean, university is a time of great freedom of freedom of thought. Uh, and you, you know, the next great transition uh, into adulthood is getting a job. And I would say to any student, um, think very carefully about the uh, the employers you want to work for um, because actually you know if you've built an identity that you feel very comfortable with um, and that you're blossoming you know and you want to sort of retain that identity and, and grow that and evolve it um, think very carefully about uh, working for an employer where that identity may not um, be cherished or even accepted or even valued I think it's really key now um, to pick companies that who share your values otherwise you will find yourself um, at odds with you know the work you're doing versus the person you are and that leads to a lot of emotional heartache um, and also, you know, sort of career disruption. If you find yourself in a career that is is diametrically opposed to your values and your identity, now a lot of companies now are saying that you know they're speaking about their values. They're saying that they they believe in a lot of things that the younger generation um, believe in, such as you know climate action, uh, you know equality, gender, racial um, equality, and all of those things. But I would say to any student, make sure that that is authentic on their part and try and align yourself um, and your identity as much as you can uh, with those companies. And, and if you can't for economic reasons, and I, I'm highly sympathetic to that because, you know, I went into an industry that I, I didn't really know. I, I started out in finance, didn't necessarily align with my values, but try and do things within those companies um, that do that do align with your values. You know, you might want to join uh, a certain committee, uh, mm -hmm. join a certain network that does align with your values. If you can't find a company that is that does, as particularly post COVID, you know, you may not have a lot the luxury of that in in choosing a job that does align with your values. But try and um, get involved in something in those workplaces that gives mm -hmm. you an outlet for your true identity. I think that's, that's incredibly useful. And it, there's a sort of a sense in there in what you're saying of, you know, if you are forced to choose a workplace that may not be your ideal, you're doing it with a real awareness. So you're yes. sort of bringing that consciousness in there of exactly what it is with realistic expectations about it and trying to make changes where you can from within if it's possible. That's right. I say to uh, young people, you know, there will be many things that you want to change about the world. And I, I have great hope um, for young people because uh, I really believe in them. But I think, you know, at the same time, you need to find joy in your own life um, through through your act, your everyday activities. And I think it's really important to, to have that have both of those. Wonderful. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you, to talk to you, Natasha. Um, I think you've, you've given us some great insights, some really valuable insights. And one of the things that, um, that I think that, that you're leaving us with is, is a real sense of hope. So thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Phil. It's been an absolute pleasure. That's the end of this Mind Hammock episode. Thanks for listening. If there's something you feel passionate about or a conversation that you think needs to happen, let us know. 
and we'll look to cover it in future podcasts. Follow us on social media, leave comments, share with your friends and stay in touch as we develop our services. Stay safe and have fun exploring your journey.